Welcome to r slash am I the butthole where we get to judge strangers on the internet. I was sitting at a table in a coffee shop yesterday when this guy comes into the shop carrying a guitar and orders a drink. He then happens to choose the space right next to my table to stand and play his guitar while waiting for his order. I find people who force their music on others very annoying. This guy and his guitar are no different from someone playing music from a Bluetooth speaker in a public area in my mind. But I was lucky in this case. I didn't have to stick around. Without speaking to the guy or even making eye contact, I stood up and moved to the complete opposite side of the shop to a new table by the exit. Well, the guy must have noticed my displeasure because he stopped playing after I moved. A few moments later, he got his drink and moved towards the exit to leave. He opens the door to leave, pauses, then turns to me and says, You could have just asked me to stop playing. Treat me like a human being and then continued out the door before I could respond. So this guy is acting like I'm the butthole for not verbally engaging with a stranger who annoyed me? I feel like simply removing myself from the area when possible is usually the right play and leads to less conflict. Am I the butthole? See, unfortunately, OP, you didn't give the guitarist a chance to start singing because then he might have said something like, I'm an entitled butthole and I have a stick up my butt and I think I'm so awesome or whatever because honestly that guy sounds like a turd. You get a zero out of five buttholes. That guy gets two out of five buttholes. I mean, it wasn't anything extreme. <laughs> to be honest, you were polite. You avoided conflict. I think you handled that situation pretty much the best you possibly could. That guy is so pompous he thought no one would be bothered by his music and he's so self-absorbed that he assumed, correctly in this case, that he was the reason why you moved. You could have moved for any reason. You said it's by the exit, maybe there's more light by the exit. Maybe you're waiting for a friend. Maybe you wanted the cool breeze from the open door. Who knows? But like a true narcissist, he assumed that he's the cause of everything. Our, <laughs> Our next Reddit post is from Appletarian. I got the idea a few weeks ago to prank my friends by pretending to be an Appletarian, meaning somebody who only eats food products that are derived from apples and would only drink apple juice or apple cider. I told them... <laughs> I told them all that I'd read on the internet that eating only apples was the healthiest thing for you. When I first told them, they thought I was joking, but they underestimated how committed I would be to a joke. So whenever in the presence of one of my friends or friend of friends, coworkers, etc. who knew them, I was very careful to only be seen eating apples or drinking apple juice or cider. Apples whole, apples diced, apple sauce, the inside of an apple pie, baked apples, candy apple with the chocolate shaved off, etc. <laughs> Finally, after about a week, they bought that I had become an appletarian. They started giving me information about how unhealthy it was to only eat apples and growing increasingly exasperated by it. Some of them even got angry, but I wanted to stick with the joke. <laughs> Finally, after the end of three weeks, I walked into what I was told was a movie night, but was actually an intervention for me. They were all super concerned about my well-being and had all sorts of information or whatever. Finally, I started laughing hysterically. They were confused as heck, so I told them I had been faking it the whole time and had been eating real meals outside of their knowledge. 
I even took out some beef jerky from my pant pocket to prove it and munched it. I thought they'd appreciate the joke, but they were actually really annoyed. My girlfriend even broke up with me over this because a few days ago, I had ruined our date night when I told the waiter I, <laughs> I only wanted apples because I was an appletarian and had embarrassed her for a dumb joke. In my opinion, the joke was solid and they should appreciate my commitment to the prank. But did I go too far? <laughs> OP, I'm gonna give you two out of five buttholes. It's, <laughs> it's really funny what you did, but you may have taken it a little too far. I can understand why your friends would be legitimately worried about you. There are so many fruitcakes out there who believe things like you shouldn't vaccinate your kids and you can survive by eating sunlight. So it's reasonable for them to assume that you were actually harming yourself over your appletarian prank. Our next Reddit post is from Space Husband. Well, here it goes. One of my roommates has a history of using my stuff without asking. We're all in college and old enough to know not to get into other people's things. I noticed my toothpaste was going down really fast. So I confronted my roommate about it and he was like, sorry bro, won't do it again. Thing is, I've heard that line many times before. I told him I'm going to spike my toothpaste one of these days. Well, I made good on my promise. After I noticed my toothpaste continuing to go down, I got some very concentrated ghost pepper extract and put a decent amount near the top of my toothpaste. Well, last night, I was walking down the hall and I see my roommate bursting out of the bathroom, heading towards the kitchen. I follow him down there and saw him downing his gallon of milk straight out of the container. I started laughing and said that now he should buy his own toothpaste. He looked at me and said, what the F, dick? He told the other roommates and a couple thought it was hilarious what I did. The other just said I was a butthole. What's the verdict here? Honestly, OP, you could have posted this on r slash pro revenge. This guy had it coming. Zero out of five buttholes for you, three out of five buttholes for him. Our next Reddit post is from Hot Cheetos 32. So my husband and I were stuck in an airport for 15 hours yesterday due to multiple flights to our destination being delayed and canceled. So we hung out at a lot of different charging stations. This lady had her phone on top of someone else's phone in her group on the charging station. Apparently she had set some alarm thing on her phone to go off if someone moves it because she left it unattended on the charging station. When we got to the charging station at our terminal, the alarm was going off already and apparently the lady had walked away to do something and someone else in our group was holding it and the alarm was just constantly going off and sounded like a car alarm. Me and my husband were trying to figure out what was making this noise. So when she comes back from the bathroom, she's yelling at her husband. WTF, why is my phone going off? Who touched it? So she looks over at me and my husband with the nastiest face, assuming we messed with her phone, which we didn't. I don't care to mess with other people's stuff. She was just yelling and going on and on about someone touching her phone very loudly and angrily for a good solid 10 minutes, constantly complaining. Her husband tells her someone bumped it while trying to get their phone plugged into the station. And she just gets even madder, still yelling about people trying to take her stuff, which nobody did. So she comes to the station, moves other people's stuff around to get her phone plugged back in, and she puts that freaking car alarm trigger back on it. 
So if it moves, it goes off very loudly. When it's time to start boarding, she's waiting at the desk even though she was in the last boarding group. She was in such a hurry to try to cut every other boarding group, I guess she forgot about her heavily secured phone on the charging station. Her husband tells her this isn't our group, you can't board, and she just shrugs her shoulders and stays in line. My husband and I are still by the charging station because our boarding group was next to last. I unplug my phone and notice hers is still plugged in. She's near the front of the line at this point. So I'm not touching that thing to make it go off very loudly again and have her accuse me of stealing her stuff yet again just to take it to her and her line-cutting husband. She was complaining very loudly about God knows what to the people at the boarding gate, so I just decided to leave it, thinking maybe she'd remember, but I honestly don't know if she ever did. Does this make me a butthole? <laughs> Zero out of five buttholes. To be honest, what I think I would have done is once you're in the air, I would have <laughs> I would have found that lady and been like, don't worry, I didn't touch your phone. When I boarded the flight, it was still plugged into the wall. Our next Reddit post is from Stupid Test. My wife is pregnant with our daughter. Initially, we were really happy and excited about it. But then she starts acting like a nut job. She gets angry and irritated for small things, insults me when she doesn't like the food I make, starts acting insecure, and accuses me of losing attraction for her. For example, she wanted to eat chicken sandwiches for dinner last week. Well, I made chicken sandwiches. So she eats all the sandwiches, leaves me nothing, and told me they tasted like garbage. I wasn't pissed because she left me nothing, but if she didn't like them, why did she have to eat everything? When I asked her this, she told me that she was hungry. Okay, fine. She does this every time. Eats everything I make and calls it garbage. I don't argue with her because I work for more than 80 hours a week and I really want to have some peace when I'm home. So yesterday, a random girl starts flirting with me after the gym and asks me if I wanted to meet up with her for some drinks. I rejected her and told her that I was married. And when I got home, my wife started to hug me and apologize. When I asked her what happened, she told me that her best friend suggested a test for my loyalty. So they asked a mutual friend to flirt with me and asked me out. And I passed. Yay! I'm really pissed. I'm done with her antics. Will I be the butthole if I ask her to move out? I don't know, it's kind of a sticky situation. I mean, we're supposed to give pregnant ladies a little bit of leeway, but constantly criticizing you and treating you like garbage? That doesn't sound like a pregnant lady. That sounds like a butthole. And if you ask me, that loyalty test is way too far. Asking her to move out might be a little over the top, but yeah, I can definitely see where you're coming from. I'll give you at most two out of five buttholes. Because based on your story, it doesn't really seem like you've tried to work this out or come to some sort of solution. You just went from silently upset to kicking her out, which is a little extreme. Your wife, however, gets four out of five buttholes. Pregnant or not, she's acting like a complete jerk. Our next Reddit post is from Throw Away the Wedding. My son was born when I was only 15 years old, and I've been a single dad since I was 18. It was hard living for a long time money-wise, but I've always tried to do best by my son. 
Today, I own my own gym and my son is now 22 and going to college and works at a gym full time. He came out to me when he was 14 years old and I've always been supportive of him and his identity. I've been with my fiance for about two years and while she does come from a very deep religious and conservative family, she has never had any issue with my son. At least, nothing she has ever expressed to me. My son has been dating his boyfriend since he was around 18 and I've gotten to know him really well. However, my fiance told me recently that she doesn't want my son's boyfriend to come to the wedding, nor does she want her parents to even get the inclination that my son is gay. That if they found out, they would have a complete fit. This really bothers me because I refuse to ask my son to go back in the closet. What's going to happen in the future? When my son gets married himself, will they want him and his husband barred from other family events? He's my son and will be the best man. And it would only be unfair to deny him a plus one because her family has an issue with gay people. When I told her this, she got very angry with me and told me that I was being selfish and overdramatic. That it would just be for this one day that she wants the perfect wedding. I told her that this was unacceptable and that I was not going to ask my son not to bring his boyfriend. It's my wedding too and I want his boyfriend there. After that, I got the silent treatment for a day and since then, it hasn't been discussed again. However, it has left an extremely bad taste in my mouth and has me contemplating calling the wedding off. I don't want to marry into a family that would potentially discriminate against my son. I love my fiancé very much, but my son will always come first. I told my brother and he said that I was being the butthole here, that it would just be for one day and that since my son is an adult, it's unlikely that he would have that much interaction with his step-grandparents in the future anyway. I still don't feel comfortable about the entire situation and am really thinking about calling the wedding off. Would I be the butthole if I did this? Am I being unreasonable here? OP, you get 0 out of 5 buttholes. You are definitely not the butthole here. What it really sounds like is that your fiancé has been hiding her bigotry from you this whole time. So this is not a one-time event. It is extremely likely that this discrimination is going to continue throughout your entire marriage. And yeah, you're right. It's your wedding too. You absolutely have a right to call off this wedding. That was r slash am I the butthole and if you're not subscribed to my channel then I give you 5 out of 5 buttholes. Welcome to r slash ask reddit where people answer the question, people who have survived an attempted murder, what is your story? I had a girl cut my brake lines on my car, didn't know until we checked the camera from the apartment complex. Luckily, she cut straight through them versus slitting them. When I attempted to crank the car, the brake pedal went straight to the floor and I immediately knew something was wrong. Don't leave us hanging, dang it. What happened to her? I don't remember what the initial charges were. She was charged with destruction of property and had to attend mandated counseling for 12 months. From Reddit user Xyle79, A neighbor stabbed me in the chest because I hit him over the head twice with a 10 pound weight to try to stop him stabbing his wife. However, I'm fat and the knife didn't go deep enough through my breast tissue to do any damages. Yay for being fat. He's still up for attempted murder though. Joke's on you, knife guy. I've been training for this moment for decades. 
Our next answer from Spaz Monkey. My sister's adopted brother, it's complicated, had his throat slit by a hitchhiker and was kicked out of the car and left for dead on a country road. Luckily, no arteries were hit. He tied a t-shirt around his throat and managed to walk slash crawl to a farmhouse to get help and survived. They caught the guy and he went to jail. New scar and a husky voice was the outcome. Wow, that's actually horrifying. That's like horror movie situation. Our next answer from Softpuff. My mom attempted to murder me and my sister when we were younger. She was going through a psychotic episode and was pretty suicidal. And I said the wrong thing that set her off. She chased us down to the basement with a knife. We ran into my room and my sister hid in the closet while I tried to fight my mom off at the door. She was trying to push it open while I was trying to push it closed. It was a back and forth struggle until she put her hand in the door. I think she was trying to engage my non-violence because she thought I wouldn't shut the door on her hand. But I slammed the door over and over again until her fingers broke. Meanwhile, my dad who was in the house finally came downstairs to check in on what was happening. Mind you, this all happened very fast and my dad has a habit of zoning out when my mom gets in her episodes. He ended up pulling her off the door and my sister and I ran out of the house and jumped in our van. He drove around the corner and turned off the lights and we all ducked down in our seats to hide and stayed there until my dad saw her drive our other car off. And then a reply, please tell me this had consequences for your mother. OP replied, I truly wish it did. She never told anyone about the attempted murder and afterward it became something that she said she couldn't remember and blacked out during. I never told my other siblings. They were older and out of the house already. And the sister who hid in the closet and I rarely discuss it. My sister was able to largely avoid psychological trauma due to not seeing most of it. But obviously, since I was face to face with it, I'm a little messed up. Teapot Mountain replied, I'm so sorry to read this. Do you still have contact? Is it possible for you to get away from her? At least a bit? OP says, I tried repeatedly to go no contact growing up and had lots of issues. Pressure from outside family, her being insane and manipulative, and showing up outside of my dad's house and popping up in the window to trap me, etc. But I moved across the country about two years ago and was finally able to go completely no contact about four months ago. The distance helps tremendously. Our next reply from Danbag213. I delivered a pizza to a house just outside of the city. On the way back, I stopped to help a car that pulled over in front of me with their hazard lights on. I pulled up beside them and thought it was weird that nobody rolled down the window or made any kind of contact with me for around 15 seconds. The passenger then jumped out of his side of the car, yelling that they needed help as he made his way toward my car. I thought something was weird about this. As I started to pull away before he could get to my passenger door, he began shooting at me. I ducked my head after the first shot entered through the back window and embedded in my passenger seat headrest. Another shot entered through the rear window while the other three only hit the outside metal parts of my car. He missed altogether with another shot. I remember being sure I was about to die as he fired more shots at me. I was very surprised that I wasn't panicky. It was just like, oh, I guess this is it. Turns out it was a plot to rob me. 
The pizza was ordered and the guys were stationed down the road to intercept me. They knew who I was and they knew that I would be able to recognize them as I had delivered a few orders to them before. The guy wasn't wearing anything to cover his identity, which leads me to believe that he would have shot and killed me if he would have made it inside my car. By the next morning, they had all been arrested. The shooter was found guilty of attempted murder and sentenced to 40 years in prison. He later appealed that sentencing because there was a word wrong in the jury instructions. He won the appeal and ended up being sentenced to 10 years and was released November of 2010 after five years. The remaining five years were to be served as parole and probation. He was arrested twice for parole slash probation violation when he was only a couple months away from total freedom. I laughed. Man, reading this story about pizza is kind of making me hungry. I would totally kill for a slice of pizza right now. Our next reply is from Fearless Lingonberry. I had just bought a full sheet of acid, this was 20 years ago, sorry FBI, and I went over to where my friend was living with a bunch of roommates to share the wealth. I knew most of the people he lived with, but there was one guy staying there who I hadn't met before. I basically handed out however many doses people were tough enough to take at once, including three or four hits to the new guy. We came to find out pretty quickly that new guy had never taken LSD before. Okay, no problem. He's at home. He's surrounded by people he knows, except me. He can just chill and have a good time. We wanted to watch a movie, so we landed on the Brady Bunch movie, which is super trippy, by the way. Everything's going good. We all start peeking and we're laughing and having a good time. And then, on the movie, the little girl Cindy is getting advice from her dad and says, but I don't want to be a snitch. New guy stands up and roars. Is that what you think? You think I'm an effing snitch? We all try to calm him down, explain to him that it's a line from the movie. We even rewind the movie so we can watch that part again, but nothing is working. He's tripping too hard to reason with, and he's convinced that we're accusing him of being a snitch. Then, he starts pacing back and forth, back and forth, muttering, This is the kind of stuff that makes mother effers kill. This is the kind of stuff that makes mother effers kill. Over and over. Great. He zeroed in on me. I'm sure because he didn't know me and he's still pacing back and forth and muttering, but now he's giving me a death glare while he does it. I'm getting pretty uncomfortable, obviously, and I'm also peaking from like 10 hits of acid, so my ability to cope with the situation is pretty low. I stand up because, well, there's a guy I don't know pacing around behind me muttering about killing people, and I don't want my back to this dude. This would be a really intense situation even if I wasn't tripping balls, but the acid clearly doesn't help. Suddenly, he pulls out a huge hunting knife, lunges at me, and tries to stab me. I dodged him, then he made another try, but by that time his friends had jumped up and were holding him back. He's struggling to break free and screaming, you think I'm an effing snitch? I'll effing kill you! And I took the opportunity to bop right out the door. I was about a half mile from my house, but it took me about two hours to find because I was tripping so hard and I kept getting lost in my own neighborhood. 
Addendum, he was in fact a snitch. And the whole house got raided a few weeks later. A bunch of the guys who lived there got arrested for drugs. Although my friend had moved out by that point, so luckily he wasn't one of them. And then a reply, great story, glad you didn't get hurt. And F that guy. Do you think he was really unstable or maybe he thought he'd get a light sentence for being an informant? OP says, I think both. He did get away without being charged because he informed on his roommates, but he also was really unstable and genuinely couldn't deal with the LSD. People's first time taking LSD is always interesting because it amplifies however you're already feeling. And people tend not to realize that because it's not really something that LSD has a reputation for. I'm guessing he was probably feeling really guilty about informing on his friends and it pushed him over the edge. Then the reply, imagine how he'd feel being a murderer. Then OP says, I actually know someone else who did that. He and his friend were both taking acid and he got paranoid and murdered his friend. He doesn't even remember doing it. Just coming to his senses and his friend was dead and he was covered in blood. The parents of the guy he murdered were incredibly compassionate and asked for leniency during his sentencing. Their perspective was that it was a tragedy and there was no reason to ruin two lives because of it. So he only ended up spending a few years in prison and now he's part of a program that goes around to high schools and talks to kids about drugs and alcohol. At this point, what I really want to know is, OP, do you still do LSD? Because if so, you're either the bravest or the dumbest person I've ever heard of. Our next reply is from iGinger. A little bit of background, here we use Telegram to buy drugs. We have this big group with lots of dealers, very sorted, very handy. So I just got home from college and parked my car on the street. It was about 11pm and I was just sitting and browsing my phone. At some point I got into Telegram and read some work related messages when suddenly a guy opens the passenger door and tries to get in. I'm trying to push him out and he's like, shh, you better not and points to the driver's window where another guy was standing pointing a gun at me. He gets into the car and from the back another guy comes in so now there's three of them. One on the passenger seat, one by the driver's window which by now opens the door and putting the gun to my head and another who was sitting in the back and was pointing a knife to my neck. At first I got really confused and I was like, what the F guys? The guy next to me started talking about money I owe them and started searching my car. I told them they're mistaken and he was like, I saw you browsing Telegram, so don't mess with me. At that point, for some reason, I got really calm as I do not do drugs and don't owe anybody money. I tried to explain that I was just reading work messages, but the guy with the gun got really mad and hit me with the gun. He tried to pull me out and the dude next to me stopped him and said there's an easy way to check. So he took my phone and started going through everything. At some point, he got into my messages with my mom, my little sister, he was checking where I work. He got into the gallery and found pictures of my dog and that's when I worried the most. He said to his friends, Look how cute his dog is, ain't it? You love your dog, don't you? And I didn't reply. Few minutes later and he finds nothing. Then he explains to me that they supplied some guy $4,000 worth of weed and he never paid. Next he says sorry and they're off. Those are surprisingly understanding drug dealers. <laughs> what? 
Our next reply is from I Outdid Myself. My parents moved to Mozambique during the mid-90s. I was around 8 at the time and started going to school there, a nice private one, can't complain. My father was working for Red Cross in Chamoy, so we had a comfortable life. One day, before arriving to school with a friend of mine, some sketchy guys stopped us, offered a whole bunch of money to just take some small box to a white van that was parked at the end of the street, not even a hundred meters away. My lucky day, I guessed. It actually was, but for different reasons. When I was going to grab the box, my friend grabbed me by the shirt, pushed me, and started running, screaming something I don't understand in Shona, the local dialect. That moment was when it clicked. The moment I looked back, the guy had already vanished. So wherever you are, thank you, Chewed. I will never forget you. Then someone replied, man, was he trying to kidnap you? And OP says, organ traffic. And King Abdul says, trust me, this stuff is real. I spent 10 years of my life in Nigeria. Actually, I was born there. It ain't uncommon to see corpses on the floor missing some vital organ. Sometimes head, private parts, fingers and toes. It's really scary. And then Smelly Jobby says, I worked with Nigerians on ships for a while and I really am curious how common dick magic is. It seemed everyone had a tale of how they or a friend or a friend of a friend witnessed someone having their dick stolen by black magic. The story was generally a variation of someone gets touched on the shoulder in public by someone who, via black magic, steals their dick. But they catch the dick thief and demand return of the dick. They then demand a woman with whom to test that the return dick is the correct one and still fully functional. <laughs> what I want to know is, all those witches out there, what do they do with all those extra dicks? Our next reply is from Victor117. I posted this story already a long while back, but basically I worked in a jail and a guy from a one percenter biker gang tried to pay $10,000 to have me killed because he somehow got the idea that I was the fed who busted him and was merely pretending to be a jailer so I could spy on him. Don't do meth, kids. The guy was bragging about it and one of the other inmates who I had saved from a heart attack with first aid didn't like that. So he beat the living bejesus out of the guy and then told me about it. Phone call recordings confirmed that he had promised the money to two guys if they shot me in the back of the head while escorting him to court and busted him out. Federal marshals rolled him up and on his way to court I whispered to him, your friends won't be joining us. When we got to the planned ambush point, instead of a bond hearing, he got charged for trying to have me murdered and organizing an escape. Then Raging Waffles asks, did the inmate who informed you on the potential killer get any reward? OP responds, he was in for drug issues. I got him enrolled in a treatment program and the county attorney agreed to drop other charges that weren't drug related in order for him to attend. I would have loved to have seen that guy's face after you made that whisper. Our next reply is from Odaki. It wasn't me, but my uncle. When I was a kid, around a decade ago, my uncle got shot while coming out of a bar with a few friends. His friend got hit once in his shoulder, but was fine. My uncle, on the other, got hit three times. Once in the colon, lung, and heart. By all rights, the shooter had gotten him and drove away. His friend rushed him to the hospital and, with a bullet lodged in his heart and blood entering his lung, he managed to survive. 
He was in a lot of pain for a long time, but since then he's gotten his life together and is getting married in about a year. Alimo says, wow, did they ever catch the guy who did it? No, he never left his car and in the chaos of things, nobody got his plate. They put out a search warrant for the car, but nothing meaningful turned up since they didn't have enough info. My uncle thought that maybe it was his dealer, but he never mentioned that since he didn't want to get busted for drug usage. I never got many details since I was pretty young, but my best guess is that my uncle was pretty heavily in debt to his dealer and a hit was ordered on him. He was never involved with any gangs, so I don't think it was that. Our next reply is from Say Quietly. My brother is a drug addict and he held my dad and I hostage saying he was going to kill us after he pulled out a gun. He fired it at the ceiling at first to show us it was a real gun and my mom was by the front door and able to run out. I wasn't 100% sure he noticed I was still inside so I had to run into the only room that locked which was the bathroom and hid behind the toilet. I eventually let him know my location by begging him to let us go and we wouldn't call the police. He said he'd drag me out by the hair and shoot me first if my dad didn't give him any money. Eventually, my dad convinced him there was money in the basement that my mom had hidden and I ran out the front door. It was a single level house. My mom was on the phone with the police from a neighbor's house. What was scariest is that we were in a pretty rural area that had turkey hunting in the woods behind us. I heard a shot from the woods and assumed it was my brother murdering my dad. I'd lived in a lot of fear up until that point anyway because my brother was generally violent and scary. Took me a long time to be healthy again. I'm kind of a small person but I still managed to lose a ton of weight and still haven't been able to sleep well. It's been almost 13 years. My parents wouldn't let me tell the truth on the police report so I didn't write anything out or sign anything. My brother wonders now why I can't look at him or why he couldn't hug me on my wedding day. Man OP, that sounds rough. It sounds like your parents were enabling your brother while putting your life and theirs at risk. That was r slash ask reddit and my r slash ask reddit question for you is why haven't you subscribed yet?